I call the meeting to order. This is uh, August 18th, and um, Sarah is out of town tonight, and so we have the other four council are present. Uh, we're meeting electronically tonight, and uh, Mike Haverkamp is our temporary city clerk tonight, and uh, I see Steve Ballard's here. So we'll go ahead and start with approval of minutes for July 14th. Those were circulated. Are there any additions or corrections to July 14th? Hearing none, the minutes are approved by unanimous consent. Public input. Would anyone like to speak from the public? I don't see anybody. Do, do you, Mike, see anybody that wants to speak? Yegi had, had request to join and I see we have somebody with a phone number, and I, I'm not sure if that's Pat. Also, that may be Jim Glasgow. He was the only other person who'd asked to join tonight. Okay. And um, Kip Sheldon is here, too. Oh, right. And Kip's going to speak when I talk about the, the cleanup. So, yeah, I see Kip's here now. Okay, so we'll go on to... Um, the consideration of resolution 2023 authorizing engagement of Black Squirrel Tree Service to assist the city in the removal of trees and debris um, from the storm. So um, just to review a very little bit here, but uh, Daryl Tucker was our police officer on the ground and he was excellent as Troy wrote in his report. He immediately... Um, was assessing the streets. He contacted me. I said, I'm going to get a hold of Russ Boyer. Russ was available. They went out immediately and started. They probably had, I'm guessing, six streets that were totally blocked. And they went out and started clearing it. And also, citizens, residents helped. And uh, they were able to clear most everything except a couple of streets all the way, they had them all open so that cars could go through, but not all of them. And then um, I was immediately texting uh, Mid-American, our University Heights Mid-American rep, and getting some calls from um, Daryl about important cases that were happening, you know, like whether they were dangling wires or people needing, who were on oxygen. And uh, Mid-American went out and did those things, triage those things right away. And um, then uh, we started putting out contacts for tree services. And uh, Kip Sheldon, who's on the tree board and here tonight, I asked him to be here tonight. He was able to talk to Black Squirrel. He had worked with Black Squirrel when they did the clearing over at Swisher and Derek got right back to him. And so he called me and uh, we were able to set up with Derek to do the rest of the cleanup from the streets and any, any emergency cleanup that he needed to do with danglers, you know, all those uh, difficult things. And Kip was wonderful because Kip would go out and check everybody and, and see where the problems were, where the trees on roofs so that the critical areas could be taken care of. And Daryl uh, 
not Daryl, but Derek started with that. And hey, do you want to speak about that a little bit, Kip? You're on mute right now, but you're on the tree board and you were very helpful. Can you unmute yourself? It usually it's in the bottom left corner. I don't know, maybe you have to unmute him, Mike. I don't, you know what I mean? Cause he's a call in. It seems like Sarah unmutes him, but I, I asked if, uh, uh, he would speak a little bit, but anyway, um, can you, so, can you hear me? Oh, you Kip, we can hear you. Go ahead. <clears throat> Kip, do can you, you want to speak us? about, uh, yeah, maybe, can you hear us, Kip? He was speaking. <laughs> Maybe he can't hear, can you hear us. Me? Is, he, is he on the phone? We can hear you. I can Jeff. hear you. Yes, start speaking. Yes. Kip, can I, I turned it over to you, Kip, so you can tell a little bit about how you went around and checked things so that you could help the residents who were in uh, critical situations with trees on their roof. Can you hear me? Uh, I don't think that's working very well. But Kip was, in fact, he had a tree on his roof and he waited until almost the end before he, he, he was getting other people help first. Can you hear me, Kip? Can you speak? Apparently it's Does not he, working. Does he have his volume turned in? But. Can you hear me see, now? Yes, yes. Can okay. you talk? Yeah. Sure. I, as you'd mentioned, I canvassed University Heights on my way home. I called Derek, Black Squirrel Urban Forestry. I asked him for assistance. He said he'd be there first thing in the morning, Tuesday. And then, you know, I immediately called you and asked if the city wanted assistance in clearing the public access ways. And uh, then I drove around to the homeowners that had trees against their homes and informed them the city is employing, you know, a crane operator that that we um, have used before and they've been fair to us and they might be able to respond by tomorrow. So Derek arrived at my residence at 0700 that Tuesday. We drove around, pointed out all the critical public access ways, primarily North Sunset Street as it turns into Grand, the corner of Highland and George and West Cozier. Those three areas were passable by vehicles, but not you know, like fire trucks. So by Tuesday evening, I was able to report to you, Louise, that, you know, that the streets and sidewalks were essentially cleaned. And to the best of my knowledge, most of the homeowners, minus the mayor and the Stamnesses that had extensive damage in their backyard, um, they were done by what, Wednesday or Thursday? Yes. Um, so, and I just wanted to add, it was, it was brought to my attention by several homeowners between Mahaska and Monroe that their feeder poles or masts that the, the power lines feed into the meters were, were completely bent at 90 degrees. And I informed them that they needed to contact licensed electricians to repair them, or they might have to wait even longer once the power is restored. And that proved to be accurate. 
sort of lessons learned for God forbid this happens again. So uh, Saturday well, morning we were we were we were graced by five electricians from by the way they're from Grand Island, Nebraska. Um, they were reviewing their maps on Monroe, and I gave them the information I had, including the transformer, the blue and back of that the was onset. for Mid American. That was for Mid American. Yeah, they were contractors from Grand Island. Yeah, for Mid American. Anyway, not for electricians. Okay, so anyway, they by Saturday afternoon, I think most everyone had power. So that's about all I have to report. Yeah, thank you, Kip you were a uh, great help and helped the residents. And there's a lot of people that were helping each other and helping clear the streets and helping Absolutely. Meryl, helping Russ, helping you. It was wonderful. And uh, we still have some trees in our backyard that, you know, need to be worked on, but we're, everybody's in pretty good shape and we're, we'll get to that. And um, so, Lisa had constantly been talking to me, let's get things on the website. And so it was on the website pretty quickly about the citywide cleanup would happen. I contacted Dave Wilson. He said, treat this like you would a disaster that you're gonna get recovery money. And so that was put on the website immediately. It's in Lisa's report. And so people need to take the trees to the curb. There's no particular size. You can set it at the curb between the sidewalk and the, but not in the street and not on the sidewalk, the best you can. And uh, Derek said the cleanup will start hopefully tomorrow. He has a uh, roll off container down on West Coaser and he'll see how it goes uh, for how long he thinks it'll take. Once he gets in there, he'll know more. And, uh, Anyway, I had Steve prepare a resolution to have them um, uh, do the cleanup. And he sent the resolution about five o'clock, 5.30. And uh, you wanna talk about it a little bit, Steve? I think you did a nice job of summarizing it on your front page. Steve, you're still muted. Keep talking. You're on mute. You're on mute, Steve. He's looking. <laughs> Is that better? Yes. All right. Uh, yeah, so as I said, the, the resolution just uh, authorizes payment of the invoice submitted by Black Squirrel to this point in the amount of $2,500. It authorizes uh, the mayor to direct further services from Black Squirrel with the understanding that Black Squirrel will continue to submit invoices. And uh, the way uh, Derek has explained this, he plans to uh, invoice the city uh, on the basis of the number of cubic yards of debris removed, you know, regardless of whether it takes three guys and a saw or a skid steer or whatever to actually load it or you know, come up with that. He's gonna come up with a cubic yard price and just build a, build a city on a cubic yard basis. You know, once the city gets that invoice, the city can consider that then at its next council meeting. Uh, the only real other thing that in the uh, resolution says is that the, the mayor and city staff will, will seek reimbursement from, you know, any available source. Um, I think the president did sign a declaration yesterday. There's state funding and 
Louise has kind of had her hand on uh, working with the uh, Johnson County Emergency Management as those details for uh, reimbursement uh, uh, come in. And I guess while I've got the floor, I, I would say if there's any other expenses uh, Troy or anyone else has that, that we can relate to the storm, um, I think we should at least consider including those in that reimbursement expense, not just the clean the cleanup. So that's what the resolution says. Okay, Troy was supposedly on a staycation at the time, but of course, he got right back to work <laughs> and uh, helped us. But he he had limited communication too, as a lot of us did. But he's been attending the meetings with me with the emergency management and he is a great help in uh, obtaining uh, what we need to do and working together. I couldn't do any of this without Troy. Troy's help too. And uh, so that resolution is for your consideration. Um, what is it council 2023? Let's get a motion on the table in a second, and then if there's questions. I'll motion. Motion by Bobby. Is there a second? I'll second. Lisa. Second by Lisa. Okay, discussion. Okay. Yes. It's pretty straightforward to me, right? I'm sorry, what? I, I just pretty straightforward, that. he said. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Any other comments? Okay, roll call vote. Book. A. Aye. Moore. Aye. Scott. Aye. Wales. Aye. Sullivan absent, carried. Okay, thank you. Uh, okay, we'll go down to uh, mayor's report. And the first thing is consideration of resolution 2019 ratifying and approving uh, my proclamation concerning COVID-19 pandemic prevention. And that was, as I emailed you on like the 29th of July, on the 28th of July, I, I signed the proclamation and had Lisa put it on the website. And then I sent to council and staff the proclamation. And uh, ha after Steve reviewed and Troy reviewed it, and uh, so I need council to approve it if they want. Uh, would, is there a motion? I move to approve it, Louise. Okay, motion by Casey. Is there a second? I'll second, Louise. Second by Lisa. Okay, discussion. Okay, um, roll call vote. Second. <laughs> More? Aye. Uh, Scott? Aye. Swales? Aye. Cook? Aye. Motion carried. Thank you. So I'm going to read from the proclamation of COVID-19 prevention initiative. Um, Whereas it is critically important to protect residents, visitors, students, and employees in the city of University Heights from the spread of COVID-19 virus. Whereas the mayor uh, desires that individuals and businesses in the city comply with recommended practices to reduce the virus spread 
including physical distancing and the use of face coverings. Now, therefore, be it resolved that I, Louise Fromm, Mayor of University Heights, and I'd like to add, and the City Council, proclaim the COVID-19 Prevention Initiative in University Heights and strongly encourage that everyone practice physical distancing and wear face coverings when in proximity to other persons, both in public and in private locations. And these practices continue indefinitely until substantial progress in curbing the spread of COVID-19 virus has been declared by public health officials. Okay, very good. Uh, now, I, I wanna give a little bit more of uh, my mayor's report. Um, let's see. Um, I wanna announce that Stuart Rosebrook, who was chair of the zoning commission, he sent me a letter of resignation effective August 3rd. He and his family are moving to Arizona. They've moved to Arizona to be closer to family. I replied to him with sincere gratitude for his many years serving on the zoning commission as a member and also a chair person. So I need to announce if anyone is interested serving on the zoning commission, please contact me and um, you can contact me by email, by phone, by text, stop at my house with a mask on and uh, I'll visit with you about it. Uh, the other thing is since the July 14th meeting, uh, council member Sarah has said she wants to join the committee to look at the Kozer brothers. And she um, also found someone to serve and I have too. And we were going to meet and then she had a family emergency and uh, we've been unable to meet. So hopefully uh, we can meet here and have a report in uh, September of where we are with that. Are there any questions about that? So then the comprehensive plan, um, I've talked with Sarah Waltz and uh, we were gonna do something and then a little storm came as she put it. And so we're gonna, we're gonna get together and talk on the phone probably and uh, with the MPO, with them and we'll have a report for next meeting in September. And I think that's it. And now we have um, Jim Glasgow is here and he's on mute and Yep. Hey, Jim. Yep, I'm off mute. Welcome. You want to give a hotel report? How are you doing over there? Good, good. Yeah, we can, uh, I should have about six photos in there that we can bring up and I can show you where we're at right now. That's Mike's cue. Oh, that's, okay. He has an assistant with him. Well, while he's, while he's getting that, we're, uh, one of the things that we're doing now that was, which is kind of a, kind of new is we've got the front lot cleared off on the corner. You'll see that's 
uh, in preparation for putting in the driveway entrance as well as the eight-foot-wide sidewalk. So we're going to be bringing up the uh, sidewalk, which is in the, the uh, 2022 vision plan, which is eight feet wide. We're going to bring that up as far as we can close to Olive Court, and then that'll be ready to tie in when uh, the rest of the project gets completed. We're probably going to try and do that uh, in the next two weeks. Well, we've got all American concrete lined up and, and uh, it's working out real well since we don't have any students right now and, and very, very little traffic. So. Cool. Okay, we can Is that start. it? Everybody see those? I can see, I see them. Oh, that's not good. Well, we can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we can we can start with that one if you want. That that's one of our vans. Uh, that's in that's one of our employees. His house got uh, a tree on top of it as, as well as well as our van. So we spent we spent the day over there cutting down the tree and getting the getting the truck out. Uh, the last week, most of the metro crew has been in the tree removal business. So. I gotta go to your. I, I need to go to your other message, Jim, to get the uh, to get the other pictures. Just a okay. second. Yeah, there's two. There's there's actually uh, three emails there. I, I could only get. Okay. Two wow. That's the same meeting. That's the same one. Just a second. Okay. There we go. Yep. Wow. It looks closed in. Yeah, the exterior is uh, is coming coming along. the um, the railroad The railroad side is is pretty well closed in. We've still got some stonework to do on that side. But the The picture that you're looking at right there is actually the south the south side, which is the uh, garage entrance. So we've got most of the paving done now, completely around the building, except heading out towards towards Melrose. And uh, th this is this is the uh, driveway that goes down in underneath the building, and we got 30, 30, 30 parking spaces under the building. And there'll be a uh, oh, there'll be kind of a little pod there right in the middle where you'll have a key card to to get into the into the building. Any of the guests that have have that key card then can go in underneath the building. That uh, the exterior of that side is going to be a combination of stone and tile and brick. So it's, it's, it's actually quite a, this, this actually is about a week old. So uh, there's, there's quite a bit more on there as of today. But that picture, okay, so this is the railroad track side. Again, you're looking at the, the restaurant with the windows up, you know, on the, on, on, uh, the rooftop. And uh, most of this side is done except where, there, where there's still some yellow styrofoam, there's going to be a, uh, a combination of a wood, a wood-based material. It's it's a, a recycled, well, a combination of plastic and wood. Uh, it actually comes from South Korea. It's a so there, there's going to be sort of a board-looking material as well as the down on the bottom is going to be stone, and that'll be coming that'll be coming in the next few weeks. Wow. So I, I need to try to find the third email then, right, Jim? Yeah, there was. Yeah, you know, they should have all been real close to each other. Uh, but it's oh, yeah, this one. Okay, 
that's a good one there because that that now shows you the actual front entrance of the building and that that projection out there is the is the canopy where you actually drive in and you can drive in underneath that and that is the main entrance of the building and that side we haven't really done well, we've done a little bit of brickwork down at the south end but uh, that that now will be kind of creeping across towards the front canopy we do have some of the um, flooring down in that area too, which is, uh, it's a, a stamped concrete material. So it's, it's, nice. that's coming along. That's gonna actually be the last part of the building that we do. So I don't see, I think there's still another, yeah, there we go. Well, that's that south end again. There was a total of six pictures, but. Mm, we got another one here. Hang on, I'm still looking around. Nope, I think. Okay, well that's. I think I got them all. That pretty much covers everything, yeah. Okay. So that's where we're at today. We're like I say, our, our main goal here in the next couple of weeks is to get the driveway uh, from Melrose back back to our our concrete slab area, and that way we'll we'll be completely tied in with with uh, Melrose and. Um, I guess other than that, I don't. That's kind of where we are right now. We're dry, drywalled uh, down to third floor now, and it's we're starting some painting up on top floor. So we're we're getting closer to the trim stage when we're going to be be open. But it's 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 now getting to the trim stage where we're going to be able to plan some things. So you think the end of the year? Oh yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. November, December. My my guess is November. Um, okay. Hey, so Jim. We'll, yeah. Did, uh, I was over by the building and I noticed that the scaffolding remained intact. I mean, despite the yeah. storm, and I thought that was very fortunate. Um, do I have my facts straight? I figured that you have 140 rooms. Correct. And that the first year. Uh, Louise and I talked about this. I, I think uh, we were talking about 54% occupancy. Is that what you're shooting for? That would that would be, I think, a fair assessment right now. We, I've, I've got five other hotels across the state that I'm involved in, and we have slowly been tracking up from 10%. You know, during when the COVID first started, uh, most of them are running 40% right now. So, so I think in the 50 to 50 percent 60 percent range is probably pretty good for this hotel uh, in the rack rate i estimated 125 that's not uh you know that's an average kind of thing is that uh a, a reasonable you think or is that too yeah. high or too low yeah that, that's reasonable I, I i shouldn't even tell you this but at, at our corville hotel right now for this month we're going to run 80 percent but, and that's because of the COVID or the uh, damage in Cedar Rapids or here. Yeah, right. And, and that hotel, we were tracking. Uh, well, I thought we were going to do 50% this, this month anyway, just because we've slowly been climbing. And that hotel is actually doing better than uh, some of the other hotels across Iowa. So I, I think it's, it's a combination of a good management team and, and uh, just the fact that we're in this area. The, this particular hotel, I still think it's going to do better than anything else because of the hospital and and, and the location. 
I mean, even even throwing out the sports and everything else that's gone, uh, it, we still should we still should do pretty well. And I think if we are in that, if you use fifty percent as as a uh, a range, you know, fifty fifty five percent, yeah, I, I I don't see why we wouldn't do that. And I think we'll do a lot better than that. But I'd rather have you guys be conservative and you know that way we're protected a little bit. But um, everybody's still really optimistic and and all the, all the people in the management team are uh, pretty well tested and they've been doing a great job at Corville. And so I, I think that'll transfer over to this hotel and, and we've got a better location, so. Well, great. I, I, I wanna remind Louise that uh, if the occupancy is closer to 74%, I owe her an expensive cup of coffee and if it's closer to 64%, that was she owes me. I mean, oh, come on, Louise. No backing off. Well, <laughs> you know, whatever. I'll, I'll buy you coffee. I mean, yeah, well, I don't it, drink coffee. Matter of fact, you already have, as I think about it. <laughs> well, it just with the caveat, I'm definitely way on the conservative side. And, and there's a lot of people on our team think we're going to blow, blow that, blow way past 50%. So, oh, good. I hope you do, Jim. I hope we do, too. So. I think it was in February, Casey and I had a bet going on, and then, you know, everything went. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the timing, the timing really is probably pretty good for, for when we're going to open, because I think by the time the election is over and, and they've got maybe a vaccine or a cure or something, then, then I, I think things will really start coming back and, and picking up. So. I'm, I'm still really optimistic. Let me ask you, Jim, what's your understanding of the uh, hotel motel tax is 7% of, right. you know, whatever you do. And I was wondering, what's your understanding of how those uh, proceeds have to, should be spent according to the hotel motel? Uh, well, I'd probably ask, um, uh, uh, who's the guy, uh, Schomburger, uh, he likes to get 1% is what I hear and the other 6%, you can pretty much do anything you want with it. It's supposed to go to a promotion of the city and, and businesses in the city, at least half of it. And I think the other half, you can do whatever you want, but uh, somebody- That's a good Steve Ballard question, I would say. Yeah, I think so too. I'm, I mean, I'm just, I'm just, that's just what I'm hearing from, you know, Coralville and, and the other cities that, that they get it. I know when we collect it, or it's or it's taken out, we have a fund and, and we give it to them uh, on a regular basis. And what what happens to it from there, I'm not really sure. What's your understanding of that, uh, Steve? Yeah. Uh, so I need to pull up the ballot language to uh, read it because uh, I don't want to just. Tell well, you it, I, it was in one of your um, recent. Yeah reports and I'm guessing you could find that and send it to people. Rather yeah, I'd be happy to. I'd be very happy to. Rather than searching for it now. Thanks. Yeah, yep. Yep. You bet. Good idea. Well, the, other, the other thing too, Louise, if you get, if anybody gets in real dire straits and they've got to have equipment, I mean, we still have a lot of sky tracks and excavators and everything right on site there. If somebody needs a tree moved or something like that, if, if you get, if you get desperate, we're we're uh, kind of in that business right now for for a short while at least. So, 
Thank you, Jim. You've been most generous with helping okay. us. Thank you. All uh, right. Thanks again. We'll go yep. on to a legal report. I'm going to just turn it over to you, Steve. Thank you. Um, so I've submitted my uh, my report before uh, the meeting was postponed. Uh, uh, first thing, I, it's, it's my item number three, and I, I won't spend a lot of time on this, but I do want to answer any questions. Um, but there was uh, there's been some changes in the state law regarding the city's ability to regulate or prohibit uh, people from carrying weapons on city property. Um, and uh, we had previously, based on the existing state law back in 2011, said that we, we adopted a policy that you couldn't bring a weapon onto city property. And, and the, the current law, state law says, if you have that kind of a policy, you have to have somebody on staff to, uh, to provide security and uh, search people and that kind of thing. And it makes it clear that if a city just says, well, we're, you just can't have a, you can't bring a weapon on our property, that the, somebody could sue the city, recover lawyer fees, any other damages and stuff. So it's my recommendation that the council adopt um, resolution 2021 that rescinds the prior policy uh, so that we're not uh, inviting lawsuits uh, that that have been authorized by the legislature as of this year. Is there a motion? So moved. Okay, motion by Casey. Is there a second? Second. Okay, Bobby has his hand up. Okay, discussion. You know. I don't know why we can't hear him. We I can't, lost it, Casey. We couldn't hear you, Casey. And and you're not on mute. I don't know what happened. You know, I, I don't see any alternative but to follow Steve's advice on this, but I sure don't like it. <laughs> any other discussion? Okay, roll call vote. Scott? Aye. Wales? Aye. Cook? Aye. Moore? Aye. Sullivan absent, carried. Thank you. Steve, did you have anything else? The only other thing that I wanted to mention, uh, it's not on your agenda tonight, but uh, somewhat consistent with the theme of this uh, resolution just adopted, You've heard me talk various times about the Iowa legislature's um, uh, efforts to restrict or prohibit city and county governments from regulating um, Airbnb. Uh, Airbnb. Yeah, certain uh, certain you know rental issues. And uh, the most recent one this year is just what Louise uh, Mayor Fromm just said. It's Airbnb short-term rentals. We, we currently uh, do uh, prohibit those uh, in a, maybe a couple of different ways. And the legislature has clearly said you can't do that. Um, and so uh, I'll be bringing an ordinance uh, to you in uh, September for your consideration. Again, just to bring our ordinances in line with the state law. 
Any questions for Steve? Okay, we'll move to a city clerk report and Mike, you uh, sent around the report. Right, I updated the report this, this week to reflect the additional uh, rental permits we've received. Chris Anderson ended up sending out to all the landlords on August 3rd links to an online form for both the rental permit and the disclosure. Uh, what I sent you was the results from that. I, we're pretty happy with what we've gotten so far. Um, sitting here in the office tonight, I see there's another 13 checks that are coming in that are <clears throat> just mailed in rather than paying online too. I think that for a first time through an online system, we're doing pretty well. Not surprisingly, last week, there was not a whole lot of response from people. Um, it's, it's picking back up again. So considering forms are due September 30th and we will start collecting late penalty, I believe it's 45 days after that, we're, we're doing okay. We'll send some gentle reminders to uh, get some people to turn in their permit forms and everything else, but we're, we're pleased with where it's been going so far. Uh, I have Brian here too, Brian Jensen's here. If there's any questions or, yeah, hi Brian. You're, you're on mute if you wanna say anything, but Brian's here if there's any questions for him about you know, anything to clarify the rental permits or anything like that. Uh, Brian, do you wanna just tell the council what you've been working on? That might be, you've been working on a lot of things, would you? review some of them? I just been kind of, you know, we're on a three year cycle as far as for the permits go. Um, I've gone through quite a few this year, kind of starting with Grandview and kind of, kind of circling around a little bit. Um, I mean, overall the inspections have been great. Um, really no, really no issue with a lot of things. Um, I've heard a couple feedback with, you know, Mike and Chris as far as with the, uh, with the new with the new permits and it seems like things are going fly, you know, fine. Um, of course, the first year is always a kind of a trial and error, which we're also uh, implementing a similar system in Iowa City and we're having the same things there as well. Um, I mean, overall, things are looking good. Um, we're getting radon results and still a lot of houses that I've been in do have radon currently. So um, we're just kind of chugging along and really, really no issues from anybody. Uh, Brian, have the landlords, um, do they like this system better or have you gotten any feedback from the landlords? I'm gonna be honest, it's kind of mixed. Um, a lot of the landlords that are used to the old system are kind of used to it. Um, a lot of the other landlords that are more kind of computer savvy or like to um, do things online, they like it a lot. So. It, it's going to be mixed, but I think it's a transition that, I mean, needed to be done, especially to help out, you know, Chris and, you know, Mike, if he's going to help out in the future too. Um, Thanks. They, they do more of, they do more of the paperwork end of things than, than I do. I, I kind of keep track of a, uh, I do a paper inspection sheet that I keep track of, but they keep track of the actual permit itself. I, I would totally agree with what Brian said. Um, just having, you know, having having been on council, what what happened before this year? Everyone submitted a paper 
permit renewal and Chris would have to take all that information from paper and hand enter it into her spreadsheet that you get as the rental database. So moving to an online form, we have moved all of that hand entry away. So that's that alone is, is worth, I think, going to it. And I agree that there are landlords who think this is much easier. There are landlords that are a little confused because it's the first time, but I, I, I think people are going to be pretty happy with it going forward. And the comments have been online versus on paper. Has anybody said anything about the actual complexity of the uh, building per, uh, of the rental permits? Um, it's, it's, a lot, it's a lot simpler, simpler than it was in, in years past. I wonder if uh, the landlords have any feelings about that. Yeah, I, mean, I think, I, go ahead, I'm, Brian. I'm sorry, Mike, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, Chris is the one who, who all the landlords are used to calling and talking to. So I think she's heard that more than anybody else. And she said, many people have said this is a much simpler form, regardless of whether you're doing the PDF or the online. So yes, I, I think that has been a good positive this year. Okay. Yeah, and I've, I talked to Chris a little bit this afternoon about it and you know, it's, it's a transition that needed to take place and it's going to be a learning curve for some people. But overall, I, I kind of played around with their test version a little bit when Mike sent it to me. And honestly, it's a, it's a pretty nice version. It really is. Um, both Chris and Mike did a great job with that. Thanks, Mike and Brian. Uh, I do want to say Chris to me the other day and said, it's been so helpful working with Mike and Brian, and uh, it's really given her some time to rest and things since she's had this uh, first surgery of carpal tunnel. And, you know, that was put on hold because of the COVID. And now the second one, uh, her surgery center didn't have power. And so that had to be canceled. I told her, you can't have any more surgeries because disasters happen. And uh, she agreed. And so her second surgery is scheduled August 25th now. And, uh, and it's just great to have Mike around to help. Uh, she's expressed that and wanted me to tell the council. He's helping me so, also, and I appreciate having him too. Mike put the agenda together. Thank you, Mike. Welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. So anything else for the clerk's report? Okay, I think we're good here. Now I see Lori is here and we have uh, the payment of the bills and Lori sent the warrants, uh, I think it was yesterday. I don't know, all these days run together. And uh, then she added a few more today, I think four or so. Did you wanna say anything, Lori? Did everybody get to see the second set that she sent? It included black squirrel and some other uh, the visa bell and things. Okay, is there any objection uh, to pay in the bills? Hearing none, the bills will be paid by unanimous consent. Um, then we'll go on to police chief uh, report, Troy. You had quite a report, and I'm glad you put the farmer's market in there so I didn't have to say anything. That's been going super well, more popular than ever since 
you know, it's uh, COVID time and people can get out and get some things. Go ahead, Troy. Thank you. I think we're frozen, Louise. I don't have anything to add other than what's in the report. I can review it if you'd like, but it, this one happens to be explanatory. Uh, there are a lot of things that are either directly related to uh, our racial profiling or anti-racial profiling ordinance or uh, along that same theme, but we continue to make progress and that continues to gain momentum both in other communities in the county and across the most of those. Are there any questions for Troy? You had a lot of good meetings this month and things that, thank you. Um, okay, and Sarah sent her written report too. And so then we'll go to streets and sidewalks and we'll start with uh, Josiah. I see Josiah's here and he sent a written report. Yeah, thanks, uh, Mayor. Uh, can everybody hear me fine? Yes. Yep. Okay, thank you. Um, I'll start with our uh, resolution number 2022 that we have on the agenda, uh, resolution accepting the quotation for the 2020 pavement marking project. Um, I addressed this in my report. Um, we received a quote from LL Pelling for the, for the painting this year. The amount was $8,577.96. Um, as I noted in my report, that's about two thirds of our budgeted amount uh, for this fiscal year. And the reason, if you recall, is we wanted to set aside some money to uh, be able to do a second round in the spring. Because um, so, some of the pavement markings obviously get worn down more quickly than others. So um, this, this facilitates that plan. And the other thing I note is that they did start the work um, Sunday night overnight. Uh, and the reason was they had that sort of planned ahead uh, with the work they were doing at the university. And uh, so it was important to get that started before, before the uh, students get back in town in full swing. Are there any questions about the uh, quote or the resolution? Okay, so the resolution 2022 is before you authorizing, uh, as Josiah said, quotation for the 2020 pavement markings. Uh, is there a motion? I'll make a motion. Motion by Lisa. Second? I'll, I'll second it. Second by Doug. Uh, discussion? Uh, roll call vote. Wales? Aye. Cook? Aye. Moore? Aye. Scott? Aye. O'Sullivan absent, motion carried. Thank you. Okay, Josiah. Um, so I'll, I'll just touch base on a couple of the items from my report. Um, so Olive Court, uh, the contractor met their substantial completion date of August 7th to have the road and sidewalks open. Uh, we did submit them a punch list of things to get done in the next month uh, before their final completion date, which was specified as September 11. Uh, they've been working on some of those things. I think the big thing we're trying to nail down now is when they're going to get the sodding installed. And uh, I don't have a final answer, although I did hear from, this, from the landscaper that they are ready to go next week 
as long as the general contractor gets the grading prepared for them. Um, Great. That they, they told me that's what their plan was uh, at the end of last week. Um, so that's, that's the best information we have at the moment. Um, oh, it looked good. That olive court looks fabulous. Even without landscaping. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> I think I noted in there that they are planning to sod first and then plant trees uh, probably in September. So those will come later. And then they're going to do a watering too, like they've done before. <clears throat> yeah, they're responsible to do watering uh, for the sod and the trees for right. the first, first month. There's a, there's a point I'd like to raise, Josiah. Um, Louise and I had a discussion about uh, sidewalk repair, and um, I was walking around University Heights, and I noticed most of the heating on the sidewalk is from uh, the tree roots that are planted in the uh, parkways, and I know how much uh, University Heights loves its trees, and I do too, but I wondered what kind of trees they're going to put in there and if we're going to have uh, more problems with uh, roots and, and heating uh, sidewalks uh, 10 years down the line or are they planning on putting a different kind of tree that doesn't cause us that problem? Yeah, that's a good point um, and I, I don't disagree with you. So what, we, what we've got for trees to go in are trees that are recommended in the statewide design standards for street trees. So these, these are not going to be the large, um, you know, 36 or 48 inch diameter sugar maples, things like that. These will be smaller trees, smaller trunk sizes with smaller roots. That being said, right. I, I can't guarantee that, you know, there won't be an issue in 10 years. But um, yeah, the trees were selected from a list of trees that were more um, appropriate for a street setting. Thank you. Uh, the, the other items from our report I'll hit on uh, street repairs. Um, the Olive Court contractor and their paver, All American, are planning to do the um, extra panel replacements that we've talked about, um, both on Melrose at the at the curve there by the by Paul Moore's vacant lot, as well as replace some panels on Kosher at its at its west intersection with Highland Drive. Uh, the other thing I noted in there, I just want to reiterate, um, we've had a couple items with Iowa City Streets um, that they've been helpful with. One is the project they did to replace um, bad panels at the West City Limit over by Finkbine. Um, as I noted, there was, there was a stretch of bad panels and, and the, the cracks and things in those panels didn't really, they didn't respect the city boundary, so to speak. Uh, they went straight through it. And uh, so they offered to replace several of those panels into University Heights for just the cost of the uh, material. Um, so we went ahead and approved that with them. And the other thing they did was uh, they've helped us out a couple of times with the traffic signal at Sunset and Melrose, uh, getting, trying to get the uh, detection system back online, which I think was windstorm related. The last item there is the, uh, the Gulf View Drive uh, parking area improvements. Uh, we do have the topo completed and um, now we're ready to move in and, and prepare a preliminary plan layout. Uh, 
for you guys to take a look at. The schedule for that is to bid the work still this winter for construction starting next year. I got a question about that. Uh, Roseanne, I think her name is Roseanne Hopkins. She's got the house right in the corner of, I believe it's Grand Avenue and Golfview. And there was a big uh, stake in her yard. And I didn't think the project went that far. I, I wasn't sure what the the point, what the, the reason for the stake was other than, you know, maybe to survey. But can you tell me what that, that, do you know what I'm talking about, where that stake was? I, I don't, but I, I can tell you, yeah, the, the project's not intended to go up into their yard. So okay. I can I can take a look at that stake. It may have just been, like you said, a survey marker uh, to get them You, you can oriented. see they'd be a little disconcerted not knowing what the hell it was for. So that's okay. what I thought. That's what I thought, Josiah. Thank you. I'll take a look at it, and if we don't need it anymore, we'll we'll get rid of it. All right. Is there probably a property pin or something buried next to it? You know, I don't, I don't know, Doug. Josiah might. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. It, may, it might be, or it might just be a control point, like I said, for the survey equipment to get oriented in the world. Um, Josiah, I think the only other question I have for you is, you know, in light of the storm, when are we going to bury the overhead lines? <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're going to do some on Melrose here in a couple of years. I like it. We, we've uh, looked into it in the past. And, uh, but I thought maybe, and that you're not the first person to ask that. I thought maybe after this storm dies down a little, I'd talk to MidAmerican and maybe have them talk to the council about it. Cause yeah. About some options. Um, well, I was I was mostly joking, but it, yeah, if that would be, no, I mean, it's obviously, an idea. yeah, it'd be phenomenal aesthetically. It's 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 great, but just when storms like this run through, that'd be even even better. But yeah, I mean, we we we'd all like it to be that way, but uh, it, it's very expensive, which is always the issue. Mm -hmm. Of the uh, seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars that we're paying for the beautification of Melrose, about how much of that is to bury the uh, utility lines, would you say, Josiah? Um, you know, I, I don't recall. Not, not sure even a ballpark, if it's that half of it or a third of it or anything like that? Yeah. I, I have that information here, so I, I'll get back to you here in a few minutes. Like, well, we've got a. We've I have the application, have and we broke it down into the, all those components. I just, I just don't remember what that was. Okay, and that can wait until you and I get together at uh, Side uh, Sidekick Cafe to talk about this uh, capital improvements budget. Okay. Uh, and now, Doug, thank goodness you didn't go out and survey all the uh, properties uh, with the trees yet, Doug, because I think it, they've blown away. Um, but Doug, <laughs> did you want to report about, I mean, I think we're, yeah. you were, you and a volunteer, Pat Yegi, were going to go around and yep. uh, do the trees. Yeah, I uh, met with Pat Yegi here. I met with Pat Yegi last Sunday or Sunday before, I think it was, and we were uh, Actually, it was before the storm, and uh, we're kind of coming up with a, 
a game plan of where to where to start with that. And uh, I'd already started surveying, you know, just on my way to work, and then on the way home, I'd take a note of uh, what uh, needs to be identified. I've uh, talked to a couple of our police officers while they're on bike and notice if there's any uh, stop signs that look like they might be blocking, you know, to kind of denote that and get back to me. And they, they were tickled to death off of that. So I'm trying to get as many eyes out there as I can and, and ask any citizens if they also know of anything that might impede traffic signs or, you know, people that are on walks that notice that, you know, they hang down. So we're, we're trying to hit the, the hot ones first and then we'll kind of come back and, and uh, kind of clean up the whole city. Any questions for Doug? Okay, we'll go on it's to. A good time. Yes. It'd be a good time. Be a good time to get it cut now, so we can throw it on the pile with everything else, you know. Oh, you're. Oh. Yeah, that would be. You are looking at sidewalks, also, right? Not just trees. <laughs> Not yet. No. Uh, the bushes, anything that uh, we got is eight feet above sidewalks and 13 over the streets. So anything I can find and and uh, you got room in your backyard for a pile if I start one, right? Just look at my right of way. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll go down to finance. Bobby, did you have anything? No, there's nothing major. Uh, I spoke with Casey a little bit, but um, okay. I'm going to, uh, Lori's going to uh, give me a monthly P&L report. It's just a year to date, um, but I'm going to break it down into a monthly year to date. So, you know, let's say we're six twelfths of the way through or, or five twelfths of the way through. I'll just take the um, the annual amount and multiply it by five twelfths and then compare that to where we're at for the month. And then... Um, it'll it'll just give us a different way to look at it. So you know, if anyone does, wants that, Mike Mike have that report now, Bobby, that he could put it on the screen for us. Uh, I, I don't know. I didn't send it to Mike unless you your, did. Was that your updated report, Casey, that you had sent? No, that was uh, uh, Bobby's updated oh. report. I can. I'm happy to send it if you'd like. I think, actually, Bobby, I can probably share the screen with you. Uh, just I mean, it looked, it looked to me, uh, if I understood that, uh, the uh, budget that you did, Bobby, uh, if, it, if, the, if it was 100% on the far right category, mm -hmm. it means that we had spent what we budgeted, and that differences might uh, have to do with timing, that kind of thing, and that there was a couple of them that we have already spent 555% of the uh, budget. And I, and I, I just did have some questions about, uh, about that. I mean, if, you know, I want to be able to approve our, our, uh, uh, the uh, figures that we've got from Lori and I don't want us to be, you know, overspending unless there's a good, good reason for it. Uh, did you recognize any of those other uh, uh, factors where, where we spent the bulk of our money, uh, you know, other than, say, painting streets, uh, which Josiah explained? Was there uh, uh, other instances of that where we spent a, a whole lot less than 100% or a whole lot more than 
Um, well, there, I think there's, I think there's quite a few that are over or under a hundred percent, but like you said, most of it's, I'm just making sure I'm unmuted. Yeah. Most of it's due to timing and, you know, for the most part, the only, the only, um, expenses that we have that will be predictable monthly are going to be like payroll, the, you know, the, the, the staff personnel, that type of thing. That's a consistent. Did, did you say anything in that financial report that we should be alarmed about? No, are you comfortable no, with it? Nothing. No, nothing that I saw was. Okay. No. That's what I wanted to know. Bobby, I temporarily made you host okay. and I should have hit co-host instead. Oh, let me see here. But if you look next to your name, you should be able to click on University Heights. Am I on the participant list? Okay. Yeah. Got it. Okay. And make me the co-host or make me host again. There you are. Thank you. you. <laughs> <laughs> and Troy had raised his hand, but I think that might be because he's... Oh. <laughs> Okay. Okay. We're good. So we'll go on. Uh, finance. We got uh, Casey building zoning and sanitation and you did an updated report recently too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of moving parts to it. What I try to do is um, convert the uh, comprehensive plan to something that we could actually develop a budget around and thus make it actionable steps. And that's what I talked about in the first paragraph of that report. It's about a three-page report and there are two tables. So it's, it's fairly complex. And um, uh, I think you've all got a copy of it. And if not, Mike, is that something uh, you can put on the screen? Uh, give me just a second and I can pull that up. Great. Thanks very much. And I guess what I'd like to see on the screen is that first table that sets our priorities A and B and then uh, not a priority. So while Mike's getting ready, I'll talk about this a little bit. Um, okay. We looked at, uh, and, and the reason I, I took it from the comprehensive plan, and there's a couple of exceptions. For the most part, all those, oh, uh, no, if you could do the uh, other table, the table before that, Mike. Um, okay, those are estimated costs. Those are, um, uh, the table before that is to uh, develop priorities, to, to decide which, uh, which things we should do first and which things we should do when. Um, and and I, I assign various criteria to these projects. So, for example, if we don't control the project, uh, like in the in the instance of Emerald Court, we don't own that right of way. And while the the comprehensive plan said they want a ten foot wide sidewalk on Emerald Court, 
but since we don't own the right of way, there's a uh, we're pretty limited in what we can do. And so I said, if we control the project, we get 50 points. If we can't control the project, we get zero points. And other criteria are like child safety. I think I uh, assigned that 30 points. And um, and by that I mean if it's a, a a blind bend in the road and there's no sidewalk, then I think that uh, child safety is an, at an issue there. Or if you're uh, it's a direct um, uh, walkway to uh, Horn School, um, that has to do with child safety. Um, obviously one of the things that's most important is what kind of condition it's in. And um, I, I used the comprehensive plan for that. They, they told me what, um, what streets they thought were in very poor conditions, what were in poor conditions, and they did the same thing with sidewalks. Um, another criteria was whether or not it was in the older part of town. And the, the infrastructure there is uh, uh, much more derelict than uh, uh, west of uh, Sunset, though we have you know, things that we're, we're already scheduled to do. And um, the uh, Melrose beautification, which I, I didn't understand until I heard the conversation about burying the utility lines, that makes a little more sense to me. It didn't, it didn't really uh, meet many of the criteria it scored 110 points and you had to get at least 120 so it's pretty close um but that's a that's a point that uh, apparently the community has decided on and whether or not there's going to be political opposition um to it uh yeah yeah whether or not there's going to be political opposition to it that's it Thank, thanks mike uh, that that was also assigned 20 points, and that's a, a little hard to say. You know, um, I've talked to a, a lot of people along these things, and um, sometimes I'm getting support, sometimes I'm not. There's a kind of a mixed bag depending on how close you are to a particular improvement. If it's on, it's on your yard, the sidewalk on your yard. Chances are that uh, the people whose yard it's on is not going to uh, support it because sidewalks uh, require maintenance, they require snow removal, and they uh, limit the use of your property. So, so uh, it's, it's, a, you know, it's, a, it's a difficult thing, but I thought it was important to uh, include that. Um, and so you'll see that Emerald Street doesn't make it because it doesn't have, uh, we don't have control. Um, Mahask, Monroe, and Ridgeview, uh, none of those uh, score high enough. Um, they're not in an older part of town. They don't necessarily complete a, a loop. And by that I mean if the sidewalk ends in grass, like uh, on Mar Marietta just uh, east of Sunset, uh, there's about 100 feet there that um, it's kind of a, a slight hill there, and the sidewalk doesn't go through there. And the reason I think the comprehensive plan wanted that finished is because if you finish a loop, uh, you get a, you get more more functional utility for not much more money. So I think they're they're trying to be uh, efficient that way. Uh, Lemur Court, surprising to me, um, uh, they have a 
a, a, a sidewalk in Iowa City, but obviously there's no sidewalk in University Heights. The fact that it's in the older neighborhood is important. Um, and the fact that there's no sidewalk there now gave it uh, 30 points as far as condition goes. Because obviously if there's no sidewalk, it's not in very good condition. Um, so the, the costs were figured based on um, what Olive Court costs. And I see this as uh, um, a, little bit, a little bit high, or quite a bit high. Um, but I want to be conservative uh, on it, and, and I'm going to be talking to Josiah later on this week, and we'll try to refine that a little bit. But uh, the estimates are all consistent, and if it's high for one, it's high for them all. Um, uh, but those, those uh, costs, and we can move to the second uh, grid, Mike. Okay, so the cost of, uh, of uh, Olive Court was $641 um, per lineal foot. And that was kind of on, I think, kind of on the high side because we had all the impervious pavers and uh, about, I don't know, six or eight feet of rock. And I don't think that'll be necessary for um, uh, Kozer east of Sunset, for example. But I said that it would cost us uh, a similar amount because you know I don't I don't know what costs are going to be exactly, but that's a pretty good uh, um, simulacrum if I can use that word uh, example or model of how it would be. Um, and sidewalks, they you can leave that. Yeah, the sidewalks varied a little bit from 50 to 75. It depends on how wide and how much cut and fill there's going to be. So I, I added a little bit more to the Swisher track. The, um, the distances are all figured based on the uh, uh, assessor's records. And that gave me a, a total cost. And then I used, uh, I looked at the total cost and the budget that we have this year was $240,000. I initially tried to keep it uh, at about $240,000. And I think you can go to, to the bottom of that sheet, uh, Mike. Yeah, if you can boost that up, that perfect. So that, um, but when I when I got into the Melrose beautification, that's in 2022 and 2023, and we have uh, $750,000. So it kind of uh, changed the $240,000 pretty quickly. Um, we've got revenues coming in. I estimated. Uh, hotel motel taxes of $240,000 based on 140 units, 54% uh, occupied, and uh, we get 7% of the receipts, which I estimated $125 a piece. We will get um, the assessed value from the hotel, but it won't come in until um, 18 months after uh, January 1st of, of uh, 2021. So it'll be a while before these receipts come in. I didn't include uh, um, uh, one university place because uh, it comes in incrementally, it increases a little bit, but I don't expect that we'll see that by 2028 and this budget ends in 2027. Um, 
so that's that's basically how I, I rank these things. Obviously, uh, if if anybody feels that um, you know the condition of the street should have more points or the child safety should have more points, they're they're certainly welcome to weigh in on that um, because you know those those numbers are just uh, they're based basically on what the comprehensive plan said in terms of emphasis and what we've been emphasizing. Um, so um, I think we've got the pretty good basis of uh, the five-year budget for Bobby. And uh, I'm going to do one more uh, revision on this thing after I have a chance to talk to uh, Josiah about it. Does, everybody, does anybody have any questions about this, or is this just I, like? No, I think you did a great job, Casey. This is a, okay. I mean, this was. I mean, this is a big, a big uh, task, I guess, just to kind of taking what's on the comprehensive plan, in my mind at least, taking that and putting, you know, putting putting some uh, legs to it or whatever. But uh, I feel good. Just did you connect with Josiah on the price per you know, what unit price on each one of these, or that kind of just what you use for the? Yeah, I, I took his um, uh, numbers right off the uh, quote for uh, Olive okay. Court, the okay. low the low bid basically. Um, and, and that's what we want to talk about, Bobby, to, to refine yeah. it a little bit further. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, well, great job. This will certainly be helpful in, from my standpoint in terms of putting, you know, numbers to it once we find out if it's, if it's in the ballpark, if it's close, which I think it probably is in the ballpark anyway. Well, thanks. Thanks uh, much for that. I, I did put in a, a bit of a plug there um, that – you know, one of the things that struck me was that 40% of University Heights people commute either by bicycles or by walking. And I, I'm thinking that, you know, how Wayne Gretzky says it's, it's not where the puck is, it's where the puck is going to be that's important. And I'm, I'm struck by the number of electrical scooters and electrical bicycles that I encounter in my walks. And I, and I think that we should be putting a little bit more emphasis on uh, sidewalks than we have in the past as part, you know, part of the uh, bicycle plan. And uh, also I think we can get a lot of utility out of them. What, I, uh, Mike, can you switch back? Oh, oh, I was just going to ask just, Mike, could you switch back to the, the grading system that Casey put together that rating system and go ahead, Louise. No, that's okay. I, it's about the 750. When you meet with Josiah for the Melrose streetscape, see how that has to be paid. You know, we discussed that a little bit, Casey, the other day. Yeah, and, and I think when we... Do we uh, the funding. When do we need the funding and how much, which year? I, I, I uh, had that down for 22 and I think 22 and 23 or... Yeah. 23 and 24. Yeah, 22 and 23. That's and uh, uh, I, I figured that anything under uh, 240,000 we could pay for with the current budget because we managed to pull that off this year. But much over that, we'd have to uh, go for bonding. Mm -hmm. And so there's two projects that uh, require bonding. One is uh, Highland Avenue. Uh, the other is Melrose Beautification, and um, we, uh, you know, I split those, I split uh, Highland over two years in the same way that we did Olive Court, 
And I did the same thing with, uh, so when you see on that, that far right column, when you see uh, 22, 23, or 26, 27, it's because mm -hmm. I planned on paying for it from current revenues and I split it over two years. I so this is, this is pretty much done without bonding, but uh, I think we're gonna have to bond for Melrose uh, beautification and uh, for Highland Avenue. One thing I'd, I'd like to point out is, um, as far as a Melrose beautification, and it really helps me to be thinking about the uh, burying the utility lines, but for the most part, you know, my, my wife said, well, it is pretty ugly, Casey, and of course, appraisers have no aesthetic appreciation whatsoever. We just care about money. Um, but much of the stuff that's ugly are the uh, modest quality uh, investment houses that are along Melrose, and we can't control those. And so I wondered what all was involved in the uh, beautification plan besides the uh, burying the utilities and a few trees in the parkway. Because a million five sounds like an awful lot of money. Well, yeah, well that's, we need to have Josiah send that and everybody look at it and, you know, nobody's prepared. I mean, I haven't looked at it for probably a year. That's fair. And we That's have, I, we have a nice big plan, you know, and there's, uh, you know, places for bikes and, you know, it's lovely, but yeah, I don't know about discussing it tonight. I think, we all, you know, this council especially needs to look at it, you know, look at the... That's, that's fair enough. That satisfied me, Louise. Yeah. So I have some comments. I don't necessarily want these answered right now, but just comments. Um, for example, when you talk about repairing COSER, what we had talked about previously with the last council was when you do that street repair, you do the the sidewalks because replacing the panels and doing these little mishmash repairs isn't working. Are you including that idea in with this? You, Not you know, just the street, but the sidewalks. Yeah. What what struck me about coaster and I, I look I've looked pretty hard at those sidewalks. And um, what it what it, it really needs there's been so many overlays and there's uh, no curbing in there. And so I, con I was concerned about the drainage problems and uh, the street more so than the two sidewalks. But if you feel the sidewalks um, are in, in need of uh, rehabilitation, uh, we can include that. Well, that's something uh, Josiah and I can uh, do. Yeah, it's kind of falls in my lap. So I'd be glad to work with Josiah and uh, take a good look at that and get uh, an evaluation of what we uh, should be prioritizing. That'd be great, Doug. And then I have one more uh, question about your written, this written part. You say, with regard to repair, the city has agreed that it will pay for new sidewalks where five or more panels are at issue. Yeah, that was my understanding. Is that wrong, Lisa? I'm throwing that out there for someone like Louise or Josiah or Steve. I'm not aware of that. <laughs> My neighbor who had 10 panels marked, I don't think was aware of that. So I, yeah, I just was wondering. 
Well, I'm curious about the answer to that myself. Okay. Does anybody have any feedback, uh, Louise or Josiah or Steve? This is Josiah. I, I'm not aware of that being a uh, standard. Great. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know of anything either. Just want to make sure I had missed some. Didn't you think? <laughs> was was did I miss something, uh, Luis? I think that's what what uh, I, my understanding was from our conversation. But obviously, I'm I'm dead wrong on that. Oh, I don't remember discussing that. I must have been discussing something else, and we got mixed up. Did the city agree to pay for any sidewalk panels uh, at oh. all? Well, what what happened in a previous council is that um, they decided not to have the citizens, the residents, do a sidewalk repair, and that the city was going to look into doing a sidewalk repair. So they were by the city. So that hasn't been decided, and Josiah was researching how much uh, sidewalk panels cost, and you can get a better, you know, a better buy when you do it as as a group. So the, the 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 deal was that the individual citizens were still going to pay for it. It was just who was going no. to repair it. There. No. So, no, my understanding, yeah. Lisa, you want to explain it? I think maybe two of us on the previous council had sidewalks and I got a letter, so I was sort of talking about this. We have residents who pay to fix the sidewalks over and over, and, and as you can see, not, not everyone in town has sidewalks, and I just and others on the council thought that was somewhat unfair. We should find a different way to repair. The other part of that conversation was, I can replace the panels that you marked, but it doesn't really fix all the issues with the sidewalk. And I think Josiah, you and uh, the council member at the time, and I met, was it Dottie and I met and just talked about this, that that replacing long stretches of sidewalk would, especially in the old part of town, would work better than replacing the, this panel and then next time that panel. It doesn't fix the overall problem. So that's what I can tell you. I don't wanna take up a whole lot of time talking about it. We could talk about it some other time, so. No, I, I appreciate that, Lisa. And I think doing it with the street is a good idea because this, the sidewalks are higher than the street. So something needs to be, I mean, Josiah's taught me that over the years. And, and you know what I mean? That has to be worked in together for, uh, for water drainage and things like that. I think it's a good idea to do it together. But when you meet with Josiah, he'll explain it. Okay. Doug? Were you planning to meet with, with as part of that as streets and sidewalks or, I mean, how is this going down? Yeah, um, yeah that's that something I uh, need to work with uh, Josiah here now that we've got the olive court kind of put away. So I guess uh, we need to look to see what's on deck next. 
and uh, see what's the appropriate biggest uh, bang for the buck, I guess you could say. That's what, yeah. that's what this is, Doug. Uh, we're trying to figure out where we're getting the biggest bang for the buck. And, and um, you know, that's why I've got all this criteria and stuff. But what I'd like to do is I'd like to have you join me and Josiah uh, when we meet, you know, to talk, to talk about these things. So uh, we're all on the same page. And I know you work, uh, so that yeah. might be... Pardon me? We, all we all can't be as lucky as you, Casey. <laughs> well, you know, I, I say that, but I spend about three hours a day on uh, therapy uh, every morning, so I'm usually available in the afternoons. Um, but, I don't mean lucky uh, like that. That's not lucky. <laughs> yeah, I, I got my own little uh, work to do, I guess I'd say. But uh, um, we were hoping to meet some, some afternoon this week. And uh, we can mess around with that by email or something, try to get a date that we're all satisfied. But I'd like to get this uh, um, capital improvements budget squared away uh, like this week so that uh, I can yeah. give it to Bobby and he can uh, work on the budget from there. Mm -hmm. I like what you've done, Casey. I mean, just at a high level, do we control it? Yes or no? Is it highly trafficked? Yes or no? Is it a safety issue? Yes or no. You know, older neighborhood basically does it need more repair? Yes or no. You know, are citizens in favor of it? I think it's a great system. I don't know, you know, if the rest of you guys agree, but it seems to me like a pretty good way to prioritize kind of what we need to do. I don't know. Doug, I mean, Josiah maybe has uh, some thoughts well, on like, it. Like uh, Josiah probably works more with the, uh, the contractors directly, but, you know, I know if I have plenty of friends that are in the concrete business that would love to maybe tag along and, and give us an estimate you know not a quote but an estimate of you know what what we're looking at so at least we have a, a very accurate number for Casey to put down on the spreadsheet because you know we can you could say 50,000 or 100,000 and you know there's a big difference between those two numbers so mm -hmm. if we had a, a contractor that would be willing to you know even itching to get a foot in the door with the city just says, hey, you know, I can come along just to run a rough idea. You're looking at so many dollars per square foot. And while we're here to do the street, we could do the sidewalk for, you know, a half of what you would do if it were just the sidewalk. So uh, a lot of times if you talk to a contractor and, and this time you're getting ready for winter, sometimes they're running out of work and they're getting hungry and we could uh, probably get a, a sweeter deal if we had a, a contractor walk with us after we identified you know, what we think we need, and then we could grab a contractor some other time, too, and walk him through and uh, give us some numbers, just just rough numbers, but at least they'd be fairly accurate, because, you know, somebody that does it every day is going to be way more accurate than all of us put together. That's true. Well, great job, Casey. Thanks, Bobby. Casey, do you have, um, so you have a plan to to meet with with the three of them and also have Josiah get out the uh, Melrose Streetscape project and send that. Yes. And uh, yeah, that's good. I just want to review what what we need to see and there seemed like there was something else, but I think Josiah knows, but okay. Yeah, this is great. 
If you want to call me anytime, Casey, and talk sidewalks, feel free. Okay, thanks, Lisa. <laughs> I can give you the perspective from last time. <laughs> Good. Okay. Oh, Casey, I know you said this, and I'm, and I mean, we, I'm going to just say that I did talk to my Amish lady from Kelowna, and she was, we talked, Casey and I talked about maybe the Amish would want some of the wood in University Heights. And she said, I gave her my, uh, I gave her a made up card with my phone number on it. And she was going to put it in some kind of uh, uh, handout paper, something like that, where people could contact me if they were interested. She didn't know if that anybody would be interested or not. For the Great. Wood. I, I made a I made Casey, a call on that. Excuse me. I made a call on that also, Louise, and I didn't hear back from my contact yet, so I don't know what's going on. So, you know. Thank you very much. And, it, and then the other thing was whether we wanted uh, Derek to put any chips in uh, the North Sunset. And I didn't know if Mike wanted to weigh in on that. I mean, or did he talk about it a little bit already? You know what I mean? Do we want any more chips? Well, I, I, what my thought was that, that they could pile them there and they wouldn't have to transport them very far and we could maybe save a little bit of money on that uh, black squirrel contract. And we could also use the chips um, for a temporary surfacing of that uh, area. At I the think end we of need sunset. to look into it because remember, sometimes we put things there and then we have a problem and then we have to figure out how to move it. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? I think we need a, a little bit more direction. Well, let's, I, what does Mike have to say about it? Because he did that uh, fabulous wood chips on prospects right there. That that was, I was I was only tangentially involved in that. That was that was Dan and Virginia Miller who did most of the really heavy work on that. Um, it would be possible, you know, the way we've laid the trails out. There's a loop up on the sunset end that's kind of flat, and then it connects through over to the Glen View. Glencrest side by going down and back up again. You could put a pile near the end of the paving at North Sunset and, and we could wheelbarrow it out to the trail, which is what we did on Glencrest. And, um, and, and I'm not thinking of, about the, the part of the trail that gets really steep. No, no. We're talking no, about, is, I mean, it's still like 600 feet or something. Right. That's the, the, North Sunset's about a tenth of a mile loop, and it's it's relatively flat. Um, but yeah, we could put some chips there, and we could we could we could wheelbarrow them out. And the the trail is I was surprised how and Lisa commented too how well it really has. It's still really well marked in terms of people people have walked on it. So yeah, putting some chips down if we have a great big supply would, could be a good thing. Okay, uh, I'll kind of have them check with you too, Mike, in the area, you know, because he's got a lot of work to do. The, we can do chips later on, you know, there's a lot out there. Yeah, the, okay, there'll thank be you. plenty of time. 
we still have really big logs in our backyard yet from him too. So, you know, I'll see him. Um, and by the way, I, I talked to Jan, Jan Leff and uh, Mr. Stebbins, who both have houses right there in North Sunset, as you know, and uh, they were both in favor of uh, improving that trail. And I was kind of surprised to hear that. Thanks for sharing that. Um, is there any other questions for Casey? Because we'll go down to, uh, I don't hear any. I'll, we'll go to e-government and Lisa sent a, a nice report with pictures. Always like pictures. Uh, Lisa, did you want to say anything specifically? I Just thanks again, Mike, for putting the agenda and the attachments together. I'm, I'm liking that a lot. <laughs> okay, great. Any felt, like, felt like old times, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> Are you having nightmares? <laughs> Are there any uh, announcements? Uh, I think Lisa's doing a good job putting them and marking them so well on the website. So always check the website. And uh, is there any uh, objection? I think to Steve, Steve, has, Steve has an announcement. He does? I, I do. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, uh, thanks, uh, Louise. Say, I just wanted to mention there is a uh, University Heights Board of Adjustment meeting uh, tomorrow evening by Zoom at 7 o'clock. Uh, I just wanted you to know that. So yeah. anyway, that's all. The agenda and the attachments are on the website. <laughs> I didn't do those. Okay. <laughs> I know. It, is there any objection to adjournment? Hearing none, the meeting is adjourned by unanimous consent. Thanks, everyone. Thanks. Thank you. We'll see Thanks. you in three weeks.